Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Went through all of the reviews of all the trial games on the weekend with Kempi earlier in the week. They all came out on Tuesday. Uh, so go back and have a listen to all those. I broke down the full two-hour and 50-minute episode into a couple of installments for you guys so you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. We recorded that Monday lunchtime, of course. Uh, that night, the Canterbury Bulldogs took on the Cronulla Sharks. I'll give you a quick review of what I saw in this game. Uh, the Sharkies, first time we've really seen them with their full squad, including, you know, some of their new signings, Dale Finucane, Nico Hines, etc., etc. You would have to assume outside of Braden Trindle, Sifa Talakai, Cam McInnes, this will be reasonably close to what the Cronulla Sharks will run out with. I think at least uh, 1-13. to I think it'll be pretty similar to what they're going to run out with. Canterbury, on the other hand, we watched them play Newcastle Knights a week ago, and I was very disappointed in their first up performance. Obviously missing a couple of stars, Josh Adokar, Matt Burden, etc., etc., Brett Naden, uh, to name a few. So it was interesting to see them come back into this side. I was really keen to watch this game, and thankfully this wasn't one of the ones that got, that got cancelled. We obviously know that the Gold Coast Titans-New Zealand Warriors game got canned, which I think really hurts both of these squads. And I think Canterbury and Cronulla are two teams that really did need to get uh, a game in and to be able to work out what's going to happen with their new spine. Canterbury, their entire left edge, first time playing together. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks, first time playing with Nico Hines in the spine there. So I thought it was really important uh, for both these teams to get out there. And look, um, I thought the first 20 minutes was really good from both sides. I thought Canterbury started well, to be honest with you. Um, I thought that when they were coming out of their own end, they looked really good the first set or so. I thought Jake Avarillo, uh, his running game that he showed early was strong. Jeremy Marshall King was partnered with him. He did a sensational job out of dummy half. And I thought their first set or two was really good. Uh, they got down Cronulla's end. Uh, you know, they, they, they forced a few dropouts here and there. Unfortunately, uh, they conceded a pretty soft try down the other end. I think it was Braden Trindle that scored, went straight through Avarillo, and I think it might have been Marshall King as well. Don't quote me on that, but it was definitely Avarillo and someone. Really soft try, really disappointing from Canterbury. Uh, you know, they let in soft tries as well the week before, so disappointing to see that happen. Uh, they then went up the other end, and they looked pretty good. And look, 
I've been very hesitant about their kicking game, and I am still hesitant about it. I thought Matt Burton kicked really, really well for Canterbury. I thought he sort of kicked them into the game early. Uh, a couple of forced dropouts and whatnot, really putting pressure uh, on the Cronulla Sharks. They ended up scoring through Matty Burton. A uh, good little raid down the left edge. Uh, came from Avarillo to Matt Burton. He scored there. It just opened up like Sydney Heads. What I will say is that it took a fair whack of time for them to be able to score. And for me, that's not a negative on Canterbury. I actually thought they were throwing a bit at Cronulla. I, I thought their shape was good. I just thought Cronulla's defense was really good. And it was just that one play that they nodded off and they let them go through. Outside of that, I thought Cronulla's defense looked sensational. I was really worried about the... Obviously, it was a reserve-grade side they put out the other day, but I was, me and Kempi were saying that we still anticipated for them to have a bit more defensive attitude or a bit more of a positive defensive attitude, and they definitely showed that this weekend and still missing Cam McInnes as well. So that's the impact of Dale Finucane. I thought he was fantastic in this game as well. Got a lot of touches of the ball, was really involved. So really good signs for the Cronulla Sharks early there. Yes, they conceded the try, but I thought their, their defense leading up to it uh, was sensational. So, good signs all round to start the game. Canterbury let in a pretty soft try. That was disappointing. Cronulla was defending well, and Canterbury, they did manage to put uh, some points on the board. They forced a few line dropouts as well. As I said, I thought the first 20 minutes really good from both sides, outside of that one really shit try that Canterbury conceded. Um, it's six all then after 16 minutes. Uh, Nakora scored a couple of minutes later, which was very disappointing for Canterbury. Um, as I said, that left edge was playing their first game together. And look, we're, we're all looking at the attacking upside when it comes to stats and super coach and everything. Defense matters as well. And I think Timmy Williams said it to me the, the other night. And, and when he said it, I, I sort of went, went back and had another look at it. He was right. Uh, that Canterbury left edge defense was just awful. Look, I think Nakora is looking fantastic. I think Hines is looking fantastic as well. And as much as it was a soft try, just the timing they have so early, they are really in sync, Nakora and Hines. So I really do think uh, those two are in for a big season. Canterbury's left-edge defense, it just opened up here. They were in absolutely all sorts, and I don't want to blame anyone in particular, but if you force me to, I would say Tavito Pangai Jr., he just had his mind elsewhere. That's the reality of the situation. You can tell me he's turned the corner, new guy, Penrith did this for him, Penrith did that for him. I mean, from what I saw the other night in the first half an hour on the field with his new team, I didn't really see much improvement. I saw passing before the line instead of just taking the line on. You're the biggest guy on the field. The number one thing the halfback wants to do that's opposing you, he wants you to pass the ball. That's exactly what he wants you to do. If you run the ball, he's not going to take you one-on-one. You're going to drag in three guys. You get a quick play of the ball, and it's over. I just thought there was a bit of selfish play with the ball in hand from Tavito Pango Jr. There's another time where he ran a brilliant line, and that's the try they scored off. Go and watch that try again. He runs a really good line, and the whole Cronulla defense just shits themselves because they've got eyes on him. He is the most dangerous guy on that edge, but he has to utilize himself properly, use himself as a decoy on that play, which was great. But when he's got the ball, he's got to take him on. He's got to draw in three and four defenders. If he can get an offload after that, so be it. But why Tavita Pango Jr. is playing so far before the line, I just don't understand. Just run. You're the biggest guy on the field. Just take them on. You don't have to score. You don't have to offload every time, but just get a play the ball, and then you can roll off the back of it. Now, we saw him early in the game. I think it was um, Katoa caught a ball. He was lying on the ground, and you saw Tavita come in and uh, almost lead with an elbow. I thought he was very lucky to get away with this, to be perfectly honest with you, to a guy on the ground. Just that sort of shit that we don't like seeing in Tavita's game. And then a little bit later on in the game, after his team concedes a really soft try, 
a super soft try and their mindset should be we need to get ourselves back on top here. We've got this one game before we kick off in the NRL to get used to each other and get our defense sorted. He goes and tries to start a fight with Royce Hunt. I mean, I just I, he's he was literally throwing punches. Does he does he understand the situation that he is in, that he is coming into a new club? He's on a new edge with new players around him who have just conceded one of the softest tries you will see. And he's not even concerned about it. He's trying to start a fight with a fucking front rower. I just, I, I can't, I can't get inside the head of Tavita Pangai Jr. and work out what is going on here. I just, I can't work it out. I, you know, I had a lot of people tell me last year he's gone to the Panthers, he's turned a corner, and you know what? I kind of fell for it. I'll wear that. I kind of fell for it. Not enough to draft him this year or be high on him, but I thought, you know what? Maybe he has turned a corner and something has changed. It took 25 minutes to prove me completely wrong in a game that his team needed him to stand up and be the leader he is. Tavita isn't 17, 18, 19, 21. He's 27 years old. He is 27 years old. He's on, what, his fourth club now. I mean, at some point, we've got to expect more out of this guy than just brain explosions. And, I mean, there's been so many coaches that would have said it to him before. I don't know if he doesn't care, if he doesn't listen. I've got no idea what's going on here. But how on earth could he have sat in the grandstand the week before, watched them get done by the Newcastle Knights, who a lot of people thought would come dead last, score two tries off knock-ons, essentially, and nothing more. They only scored off, off Newcastle's turnovers. Then him come out in that game, him come up with a good play, a good decoy for them to score after he made one or two errors, then concede a really soft try down his edge. That's his responsibility as the second rower there. And then get himself simbing because he tries to fight a front rower for no apparent reason. It is just selfish from Tavita Pangai Jr. I, fuck, it is just so hard to watch. It's so frustrating. And I might be a little bit harsh on him, but the reason why I'm harsh on him is because if he had something between his ears, he'd be the best fucking footballer in this competition. He'd be the best forward in rugby league. But he just can't put it together. And it's not because he's making mistakes. He's coming up with bonehead decisions that just make no sense. It's just selfish football. You know, and and to be honest with you, I don't know if Trent Barrett's the guy to sort him out. I really don't. I can't believe in his first performance for Trent Barrett, he went and acted that way. It blows me away. Does he not care about his team and how they're going to perform and what they need to improve on? I mean, it just it just rattles me. I can't I can't even fathom what is going on between those two ears. I so much ability, so much potential, but it is just constantly wasted. I said last year, you know, one a sunny day doesn't make a summer, and that's exactly what Tavita is. He comes up with a really good play to start the game. He runs a brilliant decoy. He sucks the entire line in. That was an opportunity for Canterbury to start to turn this around and get some momentum heading into the season. All of a sudden, he comes up with two selfish brain explosions. They're down 30-6 to six to a team that didn't make the top eight last year, a team that's missing a few of their stars, and a team that's just working on new combinations, and that's it. They didn't even play their 5-8. They didn't have Cam McInnes. They didn't have Sifatalakai. I mean, good God, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And it really did derail Canterbury, in my opinion. You then had Royce Hunt, who Tavita Pangajuda tried to fight. He tried to be the man again. He tried to rattle him. How did that work out? Fucking Royce Hunt runs over four Canterbury Bulldogs players to score on the next set. I mean... I've always said it about Tavita. He always wants to be the man, but you can't be the man if you're sitting in the grandstand, which once again, he found himself sitting in the goddamn grandstand. You cannot have influence on a game when you're sitting in there. 
You look at all the great back rollers over the last 30 years of rugby league, they're not building their games on late shots and throwing punches. A guy like Gordon Tallis, you know what? You could say, yeah, he does those things, but he backs it up in defense, and he was always for the Brisbane Broncos or the St. George Dragons. It was never about Gordon Tallis. When Tavita Pangai Jr. does it, it's about Tavita Pangai Jr., and it is just getting ridiculous. I mentioned it on the Supercoach um Beers and break evens the other night that I can't go near him and I just I can't mate when I'm when I'm looking at those two back rowers that are opposing each other Tavita Pango Jr. and Britton Nakora outside of running a line there is nothing that Britton Nakora does that is better than what Tavita Pango Jr. can do with all of his potential I would pick Britton Nakora if if I knew he was only going to play at seventy percent of his potential then the shit I have to deal with with Tavita Pango Jr. even though he is clearly the more talented player so clearly the more talented player. But you can't trust him. You can't even trust him to care about your club. I just... Fuck, I feel for Canterbury fans. It must be so frustrating to watch that try be conceded. And then instead of him going, okay, head down, ass up, let's get this sorted. He goes and does that. It just makes no sense to me at all. Anyway, hopefully he turns it around. I can't believe he's playing round one, to be perfectly honest. I think that's a fucking miracle. But anyway, I feel for you, Canterbury fans. I think it's going to be frustrating from him if that's anything to go by. The one guy, the one guy that I potentially think could sort this out is Gus Gould. And he is in that building. I think Gus needs to pull him aside. And this is what Gus does. He's been well known for having hard conversations for a very, very long time. And Mate, I'll tell you what, if Gus has a hard conversation with him and he doesn't bounce back and Canterbury decide that they don't want him, I'm not sure where he goes. I'm not sure how many clubs are going to be willing to take a punt on this guy again, to be honest with you. So we'll see how it plays out. Early days, maybe there's more to it. I don't know. But you're a professional. You've got to expect more from a guy on that much money who is 27 years of old. He's, he's not 21 years old. He's not working out the game. He's an experienced NRL player now who should be in the top 10 forwards in our game quite easily if he can just get his head right. Nakora, though, I thought he was brilliant. I think he's primed for a huge season. Nico Hines, he looked fantastic. He was playing both sides of the ruck. He looked great. I was very, very impressed with him. I thought Royce Hunt, he did score a try, but some of his footwork around the ruck was great as well. If you listen to beers and break-evens, you'll know I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Timmy Williams pointed it out as well. But yeah, I thought Royce Hunt was great. I think the Sharkies, they're showing some really, really good signs. Their outside backs look strong. All their forwards looked great. There's a couple more guys to go back into this side as well. So if I was a Sharks fan, I know it's early days. I know it's trials. I'm well aware of that sort of shit. But they looked in sync. The teams that stood out to me this weekend were the teams that had direction. And to be honest with you, I thought Canterbury had direction for the first 20 minutes. I sort of thought, okay, might have to swallow a bit of pride here. But then... Tavita Pango Jr. steps up and throws brain explosions left, right, and center, and, and they lost that game in that moment. It was gone after that. Once Royce Hunt tried to get punched and then scored on the next set, that one was over for me, and Cronulla ran away from it. They won this one 30-6. Uh, a bit more controversy. Hamlin Uele, uh, he got Simbin later in the game for the whiplash one. Look, I don't agree with the decision. I thought it was really harsh, but the reality is if you're Hamlin Uele, and I've always been a fan of him, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You've just got to get off the field. You can't stand there and argue with the ref and swear and carry on. It's just a shit look for our game. I hate it. Hate it when I see players do it. It is the shittest form in the world. You might not agree, and that's fine, but walk off, tell your teammates, tell your coach, don't stand there and argue with the referee. It is so childish, it's not even funny. And I've had this rant before, and people push back on it, and that's fucking fine, whatever. Have it your way. But you're all going to complain about the the lack of level of referees. I was saying to Kemper the other day, everyone complains about how poor the referees are. How poor do you think the referees are going to be in 20 years' time? Could you imagine if your son or daughter came home and said, I want to be a referee? I would just say, not a hope in hell. Why on earth would anyone become a referee? And people will say it doesn't matter, but you look around junior grades. I'm coaching in junior grades. There isn't enough referees around to have touch judges. So you've got one referee in the middle because no one wants to do it. Because no one's going to get paid that little amount of money to be abused constantly and to get one thing out of 100 wrong and get abused for that. It is just absolute horseshit. The culture needs to change because our refereeing is going to get worse and worse. And can you imagine all the young referees in the country who are actually doing it, who are putting up with all the shit they get on the weekend from idiot parents and just... Uh, it's just ridiculous. And then for them to sit down and watch the NRL and watch front rowers like Tavita Pangai, like Hamlin Uele, argue back with referees, yell and scream, just get off the field. Just get off the field. How hard is it? Tavita Pangai Jr. stood there and argued for two or three minutes. Just get off the fucking field. You've been sent. Do you want to know the last time a referee sin bin someone and then he changed their mind because they stood there and argued with them? It's never happened. It's never going to happen. Deal with it. Get off the field. You might not like it, and that's fine. I'm not telling you to agree with every decision a referee makes, but have some respect and get off the field and stop carrying on like a clown. I just... Oh, it shits me so much, so much. It is such a bad look for our game, and we need to be better. Sorry to finish on that negative note. And look, I'll, I'll stand up. Hamlin Uele, I agree with him. I think it was a shit call, but there's a way to handle yourself, and the way that he handled himself was not in that manner. I'm sure he'll probably look back on it and regret. I understand it all happens quickly. They're, they're fatigued. There's a lot happening. There's a lot of emotion in it. But rugby league players, they have to hold themselves to a higher standard because it's going to cost our game down the track complain about the poor refereeing now in 20 years time there's going to be even less kids that want to become referees the standard is going to drop even further and the game's going to have to pay for it it's just not the right way to go about things i know it's hard i get it we need to change it we need to improve it in rugby league for me Cronulla, i'm very high on them i think they will be a top eight side i thought that before that trial uh how quickly they've clicked into gear gave me a lot of positives you're still going to put moylan back in that side cam mckinnis sifatalakai a few other guys wade graham went off injured uh so there's a lot of talent still to go back into the sharks team for me they had direction which i love to see nico hines looks sensational i'm confident they will be a top eight team. Very excited for Cronulla this year off the back of that. Hines at halfback looked great. I was very hesitant for a lot of the offseason. I've started to come round to it over the last month or so. And then after seeing it on Monday night, I'm confident that he's going to be okay and the Cronulla Sharks are in for a good season. Canterbury, I still don't know where they're at. Um, I mean, the first try they scored was good. They were attacking well. They were kicking well early. Then they just fell out of the contest. I don't know how much you put that towards Tavito Pango Jr. and his actions. I definitely think it had an influence and I don't think there's any doubting that at all. 
but Canterbury need to get better, conceding that soft try early, then conceding a soft try down that edge, and not, then then just backing it up with dumb moves. Uh, yeah, a little bit worried about Canterbury. I think they've got a lot more in them. I think that it's obviously it's going to take time. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. It's going to take time. But the competition starts in two weeks' time. That's their last trial. I feel like there's still more questions than answers uh, about the Canterbury Bulldogs. So their season's going to be very, very interesting. I don't think they can play finals footy based on what I've seen so far and just based on their squad. I thought it was going to be a huge push in the first place. But based off what I've seen so far, uh, it is a little bit disappointing. If you, if Tavita Pango Jr. came out and played his best game and he was one of the best forwards on the field, which he should be, I'm probably having a slightly different conversation. But... After the 20-minute mark, they lacked a bit of direction. They were all over the place. They, they, they were letting the Sharkies roll through the middle. Uh, a lot of worrying signs there for Canterbury. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Ockenbore, another few mistakes that were disappointing, to be honest with you. He, he has had two really poor trials, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see... If he will still be there, uh, he's got to really take it upon himself to improve his game. He really put them under a lot of pressure early with a very silly offload. Just because he was going to ground, he wasn't making meters. Very low percentage play. You've got to be smarter than that, smarter than that, especially when you're playing in a team that isn't dominating the center third. You cannot afford to have your wingers come in in the 10-meter zone and throw silly offloads that are not necessary. Um, he's a good player, Ockenbore. He's got a lot of ability. He's been good for a long time. He, he does come in and he, and he does work, but it's been a poor two weeks of trials for him, and I don't think anyone had really pushed back on that. <laughs> <laughs>